Welcome, I am Bree. I'm a doctor of physical therapy, the founder of Femme Fusion Fitness, and the author of Lady Bits, Understand Your Body, Elevate Your Health, and Reclaim Your Spark Naturally. My mission is to build community and awareness around women's wellness and pelvic health. I invite you to listen, laugh, learn about, and love all of the bits that make you whole. Let's go to the show. Hello, friends. I want you to buckle up your seatbelts for a super fun interview with Dr. Janelle Howell. She's a physical therapist and calls herself the Vagina Rehab Doctor, which is always a fun name. She has so many great tips about eating for a happy vagina. So this is all about foods and nutrition for both females and also for men's health too. So we really talk about everybody in this conversation. I want you to grab a pen and paper. You're going to want to take some notes. There's some really, really great tips given in this interview. So let's go ahead and get right to it. But I do want to remind you that if you would like information about uh, Janelle or her website or my website, my programs and courses, how you can work with either one of us or both of us, the information will all be in the show notes. So please check those out and let's go ahead and get right to the interview. You're going to love this one. All right, my friends, I am so excited to welcome someone who I kind of think of as a celebrity in the lands of Instagram. I do. I do. This is Dr. Janelle Howell. She is a physical therapist and a pelvic floor, specializing in pelvic floor health. And you might have heard of her as the vagina rehab doctor. And I really, when I get on Instagram, I have to be honest, I kind of get on there, do my thing, respond to people who've commented or messaged me. And then I kind of go on my way, but I will make a point to stop by Vagina Rehab Doctor and see what she's up to because she has such amazing information. Her following is growing rapidly because it's a, what she provides is amazing. And Janelle, I wanted to just, I wanted to kick us off because today we're going to be talking about eating for vaginal health and vagina friendly foods and this really cool topic. And so I'd actually like to start off by going there. I know that you have an interest in cooking and baking along with pelvic health and and wellness. So what kind of got you toward this realm of vagina-friendly foods as, as part, you know, one tiny part of your broad thing? Okay, well, so first let me just say thank you to you for having me. And man, you made me feel so good just now. I was like, is she talking about me? Oh my gosh, I'm blushing, you guys. And I'm black, so to see a black girl blush, that's something crazy, right? So um, I I just want to say that, you know, I appreciate you letting me um, come share this platform with you. And I also look up to you and really get great information from your platform as well. Um, Now, when it comes to food, I feel that it's an underrated topic when it comes to vaginal health. We focus so much on Kegels and we focus so much on sex and we focus so much on bladder control, but we tend to forget that the vagina is is smack smack dab between the, the gut, which is the rectum, and the bladder, which is definitely impacted by what we drink and um, obviously the rectum impacted by what we eat. Um, and so I started noticing that, you know, while I'm not a dietitian or a nutritionist, I can't really help someone fully with their constipation. If I'm not talking about food. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, if they're having repetitive UTIs or maybe they're getting the UTI symptoms, 
right? So, you know, you can have all the symptoms, but not really have an infection because your muscles can be so irritated. Mm -hmm. You can get the burning and you can get the frequency if your muscles are really tight and tense. Um, that I had to talk about food because yeah. a lot of infections are impacted by what we do or don't eat. And, and medicine is given through the oral route. I mean, so if we just think about the route that we take our medicine from, it goes in our mouth and it goes to our gut. Yeah. And then we know that it can impact the vagina. Yeah. So why don't we just take that same mindset and say, well, hey, if I'm eating three times a day, I might as well use the food to my advantage. I love that. I love that holistic approach. It's so important because we do. We look at, well, the old model is to look at people with a piecemeal approach. You're just, they have a pelvic floor problem or they have incontinence or whatever. Look at their, look at their pelvic floor. That's all. Look at the muscles. That's all. But you're yeah. saying, let's take it one step further. Let's look at the whole person. I so appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, even the American Physical Therapy Association recently released a statement saying that physical therapists should be talking more about food Good. and nutrition with their clients. You know, we're not going to say, you know, take Metamucil or take this medicine that can or take omega three to cure a problem. But definitely at least speaking on how food and the digestive system reacts with the musculoskeletal system. Um, and so that's kind of how I've gotten into it. And I personally had um, a bout of recurrent UTIs for a while. And I started realizing that what I was eating was having a really big impact on that. Um, I remember having a UTI one time and I work at a really big hospital in Chicago and we have on the second floor, it's so many food options. I mean, there's Panera and there's beach burrito and there's pizza and there's um, Beatrix and so many different amazing food places. And I got started on this habit <laughs> of having this blueberry muffin. I mean, oh. I, I don't know how often I was having it, but I started to get it at least like three or four times a week. Mm -hmm. And you know how much sugar people put oh. in in muffins I mean just white processed sugar and so I remember having this one UTI and I'm already on the antibiotics so I'm like okay I'm doing what I'm supposed to do <laughs> let me tell you I had that that muffin and within 30 minutes my urethra was burning so much worse I mean I knew that food impacts us but that is when I really knew <laughs> I said wow this is really contributing yeah. to the growth of E. coli, because that's what they feed on. Yeah. Simple, you know, simple sugars. That makes so much sense. And that just reminds me of another story. I have, <clears throat> I've actually had several clients tell me that sugar makes their prolapse symptoms worse. Like when they have a lot of sugar, their prolapse symptoms feel worse. And I don't know, but I hypothesize that this is because sugar definitely can. It's inflammatory. It's an inflammatory substance. And so it can cause swelling and kind of, you know, inflammation in the gut and potentially yes. in that whole area. So definitely would cause some pressure on the prolapsed organs. So it's really interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I wanted to talk about, um, let's talk about vaginal, like vagina happy foods and specifically like some benefits. We're already on that track. So I know you teach this. What, what do you, what are your big takeaways? So one of the things that I like to talk about is, you know, how diet can impact your hormones. Um, you know, I'm someone who actually has polycystic ovarian syndrome. So I'm constantly thinking about my hormones, you know, am I, is my testosterone too high? You know, am I going to ovulate this month? Am I going to get my period? 
Um, but our homo- our hormones are impacted by our metabolism. Mm-hmm. Our metabolism is impacted by what we eat and how much we exercise, of course, and that sort of thing. And so, you know, whether you're in menopause or whether you're trying to get pregnant, really looking at balancing your meals can help. It, it's not really like, oh, this one specific food that's going to cure all your problems. Because, you know, we want that quick fix. Like, tell me the food that's going to help me lubricate the best. Tell me the food that's going to control my bladder. There's no one food. Um, but instead of, you know, like I, I'm a carb heavy person. I love my carbs. I love croissants and bread and, you know, but I can't just do that. I need to combine it with the protein. I need to have some fiber. Like, can I put some berries in my oatmeal? Can I add some nuts to it? And, and we're finding that that combination really helps to decrease those, those spikes in blood sugar, which can help to, uh, prevent, um, insulin spikes as well, which is one of the causes of infrequent ovulation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to help with lubrication as well. Um, so what you eat can also help to fight in- inflammation, like what you said earlier. And one of my favorite foods for fighting inflammation is blueberries, raspberries, strawberries. Mm-hmm. These are great because they're sweet, but not too sweet. They're great for people who might have diabetes. Um, they're also um, antibacterial. They can help with preventing infections. And so one of the things when we're talking about lubrication is that lubrication is not really going to really unleash if it's an inflammatory environment. Mm-hmm. So our, our body has this feedback mechanism where it's like, hey, if there's lots of inflammation, don't bring more blood flow around here. We, we need to protect her. We're not really prioritizing sex right now. Yeah. And so if your inflammation levels are too high, you might be noticing some difficulties with lubrication. Um, other foods that can decrease inflammation are natural fats or healthy fats like olive oil, um, nuts like almonds, pecans, walnuts, um, salmon, um, obviously fish oil. These things are really going to help uh, kind of calm the gut and also decrease levels of inflammation in the vagina as well, um, which feel good. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's so interesting. I want to give it a little olive oil hack from from my life and then I want to talk more about this like lubrication and this talk of sexual health and because I know you go into that and I love that but really quick a little olive oil hack because I love olive oil and I so good and I I also like butter but keep it real keep it real but olive oil is so healthy for you and I just feel I feel healthy when I eat it and so I love putting olive oil on toast um, olive oil on toast, drizzle it on, and then some kosher, like the flake salt, like some kind of good salt with the mmm. Yes. It's delicious. So I use gluten free toast, but whatever toast floats your boat. Yes. And so, anyway, <laughs> I just had to throw that you in. You are making my mouth water right now because I like the same thing. I do it so I'll get whole grain toast mm-hmm. and I'll put, I'll drizzle it with olive oil first, then I'll cover it with some uh, avocado, just mashed up some oh. avocado. Yes. Put some turmeric, a little bit of salt on there. Turmeric is also anti inflammatory. Oh my gosh. So good. So I just have to co sign you on that one. Oh, that's so, I, now I'm hungry too. Okay, so let's talk a little more about this because I know. So we've talked about lubrication. Yeah. You are so out there and amazing about like 
oral sex, let's just say it, oral sex. And, you know, I mean, that's not just, that's not all you talk about that, that you do talk about it sometimes. And sometimes you, you've mentioned sort of like how I believe pH and that kind of thing can change, can change what's going on and, and how you might feel about yourself during oral sex when you are right. receiving. Is that right. something you're comfortable talking about just briefly today? If there's anything sure. with that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when our, our pH is so important, and I know that that word is kind of just floating around there a lot, and I think um, we're not spending enough time really explaining it to people, which is kind of assuming everyone gets it. Um, and so pH just stands for potential of hydrogen. Essentially, the more hydrogen that is in a watery solution, the more acidic that's going to be. So we want our pH to be very acidic, close to the acidity level of a lemon or wine. More, uh, a little bit more, uh, the pH is going to be higher than 11, so not as strong as 11, but definitely very similar to wine. So you want your vaginal pH ideally to be under 4.5. More recent literature has actually shown that even lower than that. Okay. So like even as low as 2.8 or 3.0 is actually amazing. And that um, helps prevent infections, right? I mean, that's what... That, exactly. Mm -hmm. So the more acidic your vagina is, that's going to make it very difficult for harmful bacteria to survive. Mm -hmm. It's going to just be like, wow, it is way too crazy in here. And, it, and they just die off. Yeah. Whereas um, acid-producing bacteria are going to thrive in that, in that environment. And that's our lactobacillus bacteria. Okay. So the more lactobacillus we have in our vagina, the lower our pH will be. And the more lubrication we'll have because our cells work better in lubricated environments, mm -hmm. um, the less infections we'll have. We'll also have better odor naturally. You don't have to cover it up when you have a healthy pH. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't mean that you'll just smell like Febreze all day long. <laughs> you, you won't. You won't. Even if you have a good pH, you know, it's. I like to say that the vulva is like the second armpit, you know, <laughs> it's, it's hidden, it's hidden, it's hairy, it's sweaty. There's so many sweat glands yes. and yeah, we don't question our armpit if it stinks at the end of the day. Yeah. We just, we just think, oh, we should probably take a shower. That, uh -huh. That's all we do. So it's this, it's the same for, for the vulva, but going back to the pH, if your pH is in a good range, ideally under 4.5, but even better if it's under four, then you're going to have more of that, that acid-producing bacteria that will kill off the harmful bacteria that creates harmful odors, or not harmful odors, <laughs> annoying odors, you know, the odors that are really hard to manage. And that's what I like to say. Yeah. Odors that are difficult to manage, meaning well, you're shocked. Mm -hmm. I was going to say odors that then make you feel uncomfortable and maybe, like, embarrassed or just, like, hmm. Yeah, well, like well. Mm -hmm. That's that's sticky too because sometimes we're just not very confident mm -hmm. and it's a it's a normal smell but you don't feel confident. Yeah. However, something that's like really fishy mm -hmm. and it's potent. I mean, it's really strong. You showered and within one hour or two that smell is back. Um, then that may be indicating some pH imbalances. Okay. And so this is where our food comes. When we eat foods that are high in soluble fiber that's actually going to feed our good bacteria okay. that fights those odors by killing the bacteria that creates those funky smells.
That's awesome. So I'm thinking like oatmeal. I'm thinking like. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oatmeal. We're talking about whole grains, brown mm -hmm. rice, mm -hmm. sweet potato, mm -hmm. those funky foods like onions and garlic mm -hmm. <laughs> actually can help to increase the lactobacillus in your vagina. Um, of course, apples. I mean, apples are such. It's a basic fruit, but don't overlook apples. It's actually a probiotic in apple. Yeah, I've um, heard that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. An, an apple a day. That's so true. And I, so I've got a question. I know that um, acidity in vaginas can, it does change as we get older. It, they become more basic. And so for, do you have any advice for that situation? Because I know that some women, as they get older, if they have a male partner, the sperm can actually irritate their vagina when they have sexual, you know, sex and they're, mm -hmm. <laughs> that, they, the sperm can irritate because the um, acidity of the vagina has changed. It's now mm -hmm. more basic. And then the men's, man's sperm is basic as well. So there's just sort of a lot of irritation right. from that. Right. Do you have any food tips or would it just be simply doubling down on the soluble fibers? Um, that's a really great question. And it just, a, I guess, a, uh, a message to people who may be struggling with that who are older. Just know that's that's happening to younger people, too. Yeah. So that the, the sperm is just not the same pH as vaginal fluid. Mm -hmm. And whether you're 20 or whether you're 60, if your pH is not very stable, meaning lower, mm -hmm. lower to like 3.8 or, you mm -hmm. know, 3.7 or even 4.0, then anything that is uh, more alkaline, it's going to be much easier to disrupt the vagina. Okay. Because your pH is not low enough to really handle that disruption and bring it back to where it should be. Um, and so just, just, I just wanted to say that even, you know, it's, it's not just older women. It's just that I think older women are more comfortable talking about these things because mm -hmm. they think it's, oh, well, I'm getting older. So we all having these problems, but mm -hmm. no, people are really struggling. <laughs> you, yeah. you would be surprised at 18 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, so the things that we can do are really look at, well, how can we impact our hormones? Cause that's, what's really happening is mm -hmm. as you're getting older, estrogen is going down. And, and estrogen is one of the main um, precursors to lactobacillus, which is that healthy bacteria that creates the pH. So the more estrogen you have, the more uh, lactobacillus you're going to have, which leads to a good pH. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, it's the estrogen that helps with that and, and diet and other things, but estrogen is one of the main causes. And so what you can do if your estrogen is going down, you can actually look at weightlifting. There's actually studies that show that weightlifting can actually help increase estrogen and also increase things like um, bone mass, mm -hmm. which are actually related to your estrogen levels. Um, and so you'd be surprised. I mean, back in the day, people would say, don't lift weights. It's going to make you look like a man. <laughs> but it, it turns out that weightlifting actually can improve your physique and it can improve um, estrogen levels and, and your bone mass and things. So that can help. And also... Um, eating phytoestrogens. Mm -hmm. So these are going to be your plant-based foods that act, actually act just like estrogen. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have an estrogen-like effect. It's not the exact same thing as estrogen, but it can it can be similar to that. So things like ground flax seeds, mm -hmm. it, it has that gelatinous substance, like if you put it in a smoothie. Um, some people even try to use it to replace an egg. I've tried that before and it didn't turn out too well, but I, I, I really respect those people who have learned how to do that with flaxseed. Um, other foods like dried fruit. So like prunes, dates, 
dried apricots, mm -hmm. um, beans also have a good amount of um, phytoestrogens in them as well. Obviously, soy. A lot of people are kind of weary of soy. It, a couple of times a week, I, I don't think it's going to be a problem, but obviously you wouldn't want to be having like, you know, tofu three times a day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, look into that, you know, go online, Google phytoestrogen foods. There's plenty of them. That's so many great. foods that can actually help build up that estrogen. And then also don't forget the impact of, of just needing more lubrication, yeah. um, whether it's from lube or whether it's spending more time with foreplay, that's going to help protect the walls because the walls are now thinner because estrogen is a is a growth stimulator so it's going to stimulate the growth of the vaginal wall so if your walls are a little bit thinner you need to be a little bit more nurturing and, and more careful when you do things like have sex perfect this is this is i'm learning so much uh and i want to open our conversation a bit to men if you're comfortable sure. going there yeah sure so uh, what can men do for eating to help with maybe sperm health or sperm motility or i don't know just men's health yeah I would, okay, so I know the question was about eating, and mm -hmm. you're probably going to be like, that is not what I asked, but I just want to say, <laughs> you know, at, after 40, your testosterone levels go down every single year, I think by 1%. So you're losing a lot of testosterone, okay? And so testosterone is going to help with sperm production and sperm health. Um, and so one of the ways that you can hack that is exercising. Mm -hmm. exercising is going to help spike that testosterone and levels you would not believe. I mean, you might be 60. If you start working out like three times a week, your libido just might go, boo! <laughs> Before you know it, you're like, wow, I feel like a 40-year-old again, you know? Is so specific exercises? It's especially weight training. Everything? Yeah, weight training. Weight training. Mm -hmm. Do not, I mean, obviously, you don't have to go overboard lifting 100 pounds, but loading your muscles. It should feel moderately hard. Yeah. So if you can do more than like eight reps at one time, it's probably too easy. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So weightlifting is great. Obviously any exercise is healthy, right? Mm -hmm. But weightlifting can specifically help to increase testosterone, which will help with sperm production and sperm health. Okay. Um, other things that are really important for men are going to be zinc. Uh, zinc is needed to make sperm. So if you don't have enough zinc, then you'll have lower sperm concentrations, lower sperm motility, um, just increased chances of probably prostate issues and stuff like that. So pumpkin seeds, oh my gosh, they're so high in zinc. Yeah. You can just grab a handful a day, any seeds. And and this is uh, no pun intended, but nuts. <laughs> there you go. That That's easy. That's easy. People, yeah, yeah. If you have nuts, eat nuts, right? Almonds, walnuts, pecans. Um, of course, leafy grains, you know, we think of the cartoon with, what's the cartoon guy? Popeye. 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 <laughs> spinach. I love spinach. I mean, you can do so much. You can eat it raw. You can fry it. Of course it turns to nothing when you fry it, but don't underestimate the power of the Popeye vegetable. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously any leafy green is great. And of course, get your protein. Um, but that, those are some really great things that you can do. You would be surprised at the results you would see um, with making those small changes. That's amazing. Yeah. And you, I want to just give you a shout out for, again, that Instagram profile. I, I don't know, depending on when this, when somebody's watching this, you may not be doing it anymore, but right now you're doing testosterone Tuesday with a hashtag, hashtag yes. testosterone Tuesday. And you give some amazing tips for men's health in there too. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yes. yes. I love what you do there. 
Um, yeah, I did have one question that one of my um, clients asked. So I don't know if you are comfortable talking about this, but it's one of my clients wanted me to ask you about using hyaluronic acid suppositories to restore vaginal moisture. Um, is that something that you use with your, have your clients use or talk to with your clients about? So, I mean, I don't necessarily directly recommend it, but I have heard of the product. I have a patient who's using it, who loves it. Mm -hmm. um, it can be very helpful. There's a lot of women and vagina owners who are wary of using estrogen, right? Mm -hmm. yep. Especially if you have either increased chances of getting breast cancer that runs in your family. You know, doctors will say, oh, you're fine. Just take it. Other doctors will say, actually, it gets in your bloodstream. It's very controversial, yeah, like the, the, the vaginal estrogen. Um, and so hyaluronic acid can, can help the body to really bind to water and lock it in. Mm -hmm. And so that can help with the vaginal wall and the vaginal canal. Um, I guess the, the downside of these pills would be that they're expensive. Mm -hmm. um, and, and depending on your, your economic profile, you, you may not be able to get them every single month. Yeah. Um, so my suggestion would be make your own hyaluronic acid in your own body. Yeah. And so every, we have actually, every cell in our body has hyaluronic acid. Um, but we can have lower levels of it in our bloodstream. And so the way that you can help increase those levels are getting more magnesium, Oh. Uh, magnesium is actually needed to to make and synthesize hyaluronic acid. And so when you have the, the hyaluronic acid in your body, um, it's going to attach to those cells and it's going to bind, kind of suck the water up in there and, and make like a gelatinous substance. So that's really vital for um, our mucous membranes that's in our skin and well, in all our, of our bone. collagen, right? All of yes. our collagen. Yeah, because yes. our collagen is just filled with hyaluronic. I mean, um, I'm playing into science right now, and I but I don't think I'm getting this wrong. But our collagen, that's it's in our collagen is hyaluronic. Right, yeah. right, yes. Any any synovial flu skin, like you talked mm -hmm. about, mm -hmm. collagen. All yeah. of those things are working together. And so, if you're getting uh, enough magnesium, even vitamin C, so your citrus fruits. Mm -hmm. I'd like to recommend to people, you know, grapefruits, oranges, even things like broccoli. We don't think of broccoli as a citrus fruit because it's not really citrus, but it's high in vitamin C. Mm. You and know, so, bell peppers too. Are yes, the yellow ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, and they're kind of sweet. I love yellow bell peppers. Mm -hmm. um, so anyways, if you're eating more of the foods that have magnesium and zinc, we talked about zinc with like the pumpkin seeds, um, uh, other foods like chickpeas, um, cauliflower, almonds, those type of foods can help increase levels of zinc and magnesium, which will help to build your own hyaluronic acid. So that can actually help with bladder control because mm. we, we typically don't think of muscles needing water, but they're 70% water. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're not buying, you can drink all the water you want, but if your body's not really absorbing it and locking it in, yeah. then your muscles are not going to be as plump. So you're going to have less support for that bladder. So um, even hyaluronic acid can help with decreasing the amount of times you need to get up during the night to pee. Yeah. Because your muscles are going to be more supportive of the bladder. So you won't feel as much of that pressure when it's filling during the night. That's so good. And and all the fascia is, you know, all of the, the fascia, yes. the muscles, everything. It needs that hyaluronic acid. Yes. Okay. This is amazing. I have learned so much. And I kind of want to actually, like, bring it all home with one thing that I'm feeling right now as you're talking. It's like really... 
a balanced, healthy diet that's a whole lot of plant foods and, you know, some healthy, pro healthy, lean proteins and healthy fats and a whole lot of plant foods pretty much seems like that's the ticket to all of this. It's always been the ticket. <laughs> it's always the ticket. Research is just kind of catching up with what divinity has been telling right? us, you know? So it's, it's amazing that many times it's as simple as just getting some produce, yeah. right? We don't have to buy the supplement. We can, supplements can be helpful, but food is much more powerful. Yeah. Dang. That's a perfect way to cap it off. I, I want you to be able to leave people with how they can contact you and find you and get in touch with you. Anything sure. you want to hear. Yeah, sure. So you can definitely find me the the place where I am talking and running my mouth the most is on Instagram. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to get into other platforms, but right now my number one is Instagram Vagina Rehab Doctor. Um, I also run the Vagina Rehab Academy, where I tr I try to teach a class at least every six weeks on something that relates to vaginal health. So on October 24th, I'll be teaching about vaginal fitness. Um, I'll be teaching you for an hour about what that means. And then for 30 minutes, we're working out virtually. You can go to my website, vaginarehabdoctor.com to register and figure out more information on that if you're interested. But more than anything, I'm on the ground, just running my mouth, making reels, trying to trying to make you laugh and kind of improve your life when it comes and to your And you do, and you do. You do an amazing <laughs> job. So thank you again. And, and thanks everyone for watching. And, and we'll just sign off now. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if this podcast was helpful for you today, please share it with a friend. Tell them, you know, what you learned and how it's going to be helpful and amazing for them to talk about this stuff. Don't forget to subscribe and also check the show notes for all the links you need, including how to follow me on Instagram and YouTube. And until next time, remember, you don't have to be an expert, but every woman should know a bit. We'll see you next time.